0: Hey, what's up, Laser fans? This is Tara here with a special preview edition of the podcast. We'll be doing this periodically throughout the season. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by Jeff Siegel of Peachtree Hoops and Early Bird Rights. Jeff, welcome. How are you doing? We are uh, doing good here in Portland. Well, I'm doing here, good here in Portland. I'm definitely not going to speak for everybody at this point. Um, but uh, how are you doing uh, and how are the Atlanta Hawks doing this year?
1: Uh, the Hawks are having some ups and downs. Uh, we are recording this literally minutes after they just lost to the Kings on Friday night. Um, and they were mostly really bad throughout that game and then had one really good run to cut the lead to one and then got blown out the rest of the game. It was not, you know, it was a decent performance and that at least they had a stretch of time that was good because against the Bulls on Wednesday night, they had no t- no no minutes that were any good at all. Uh, so it's been a rough couple of games. But before that, they were, they were doing a little bit better. I think they're now three and four on the season, probably – you know, right around where they're where where they should be based on the, the level of talent that they've got.
0: Well, I'd love to take it back just a little bit to preseason expectations for this team and have you kind of explain where you were coming in, thinking how the team was going to do. And then if they are sounds like you think they're right about where you thought they would be.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've had some some better moments. I think that they've had some particularly strong luck and, and in terms of th- opponent three point shooting that was not the case against the kings on friday uh the kings shot 18 for 31 from three but before that they were holding opponents to like 29% three point shooting which is you know ridiculous and obviously you know they people have shown smarter people than me have shown that that's not something that defenses can really control and so it was a it was a sort of a, a lucky first, you know, six or so games for, for the Hawks in that department. So, you know, I think that a little bit of their start was some smoke and mirrors. Trey Young looks fantastic. John Collins looked good and then got suspended for 25 games. So that wasn't great. Um, you know, I think that my expectations were lower for them than, you know, a lot of the fan base was, I think I was not thinking of them as a playoff team at all. I really was, you know, if they could win 30 to 35 games that would be a nice little step forward and then they can sort of reassess where where they are next year so you know I was not expecting them to get into the 38 to 40 win range and so you know a three and four start with some good moments with some bad moments I think is is a positive uh, positive outcome for me
0: what are the main strengths of the Hawks and what are uh, some of the most noticeable weaknesses I
1: mean, the biggest strength is, is Trey Young, of course. Like, he's just, he's ridiculous. He can, he's maybe one of the five best passers in the league. You know, he's certainly up there with, with, uh, you know, uh, you know, among you know, Ben Simmons, uh, LeBron James, Luka Doncic is in that conversation too. Just, you know, the, the, Nikola Jokic. Just, there's no reason to keep naming people. But yes, Trey Young, very good passer, can shoot the ball very well in bursts, like he has sometimes where he just, knocks down three 30-footers in a row. You guys are very used to that with Damian Lillard. He'll have some of those kind of moments where Lillard just is unguardable and you can't do anything about it. Young will have moments like that, not quite as often as Damian Lillard, but of course it's only a second year in the league. He's got lots of time to to get to that level if he is ever going to get there. So, you know, I think he's their biggest strength. John Collins would have been their biggest, you know, their second biggest strength, but he's, you know, going to be out. the The Portland game will be his, Fourth game out, uh, you know, of the 25 game suspension, he won't return until late December. So that's uh, not going to hurt the Blazers in any way. You know, I think outside of that, there's not a whole like they've got they've got a lot of depth, but the depth isn't unbelievably great. That's kind of like they play a very deep 10, 11 man rotation every night. You, it would, I think, it would even be 12 man if, if Collins was available. They're playing 11 man, an 11 man rotation, and so they're they're pretty deep. They've got a lot of different kind of guys who can come off the bench and do some different things, but not, you know, no nobody who is, you know, a, a world beater outside of Trey Young. Who,
0: who has had sig- the most success guarding Trey Young? What's the uh, what's the most effective way you've seen teams so far uh, slow him down?
1: I think the biggest thing is to push the ball out of his hands immediately. You guys again are going to be very used to seeing that because that's what the that's the sort of the scouting report against Damian Lillard as well. Teams who have lots of length and will blitz out on Young will be able to bother him a little bit he's only you know 60 one like he's not a huge guy if you, if a defense has a ton of length we saw this against the Bulls on Wednesday where they had Tomas Sanaransky, who's like 6 foot 7 and then they had Lowry Markkinen, who's a 7 footer just trap all the way out beyond the three point line and Trey had some issues just navigating those uh you know just navigating all that length in terms of getting passes to to his teammates the teammates are not unbelievable passers they don't have a ton of big men who can pass you know on that short roll the alex len damian jones bruno fernando is their center rotation right now it's not very good it might be the worst in the league it's really 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 rough for them at the center position john collins is a better playmaker but again he's suspended so now it's javari parker in that role parker is a better passer than people sort of give him credit for as sort of a his reputation is that he just gets buckets. He can pass a little bit. He's decent in that department, but uh, really it's just all about getting, you know, getting the ball out of Trey Young's hands, blitzing on the perimeter and, and playing four on three on the backside. Teams are having some success with that. Trey has you know brought some different tools to the table this year in terms of, you know, his ability to break those traps, but it's still a, a particularly strong de- defense against uh, what the Hawks like to do.
0: You uh, brought uh, up uh, John Collins a couple of times for people who might not really be familiar with happened, I think most people know that he got suspended, but can you give us a little bit of the backstory and what went on and uh, you know, sort of what the fan base was saying uh, about his suspension and how the team is feeling it?
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it was pretty interesting to hear what the, what the team, what the team's response was. So he got suspended for, some sort of human growth hormone. I know there's like a very official name for it that has a number in it and all this stuff, but it's basically HGH performance enhancing drugs type of thing. It was not the same as DeAndre Ayton's suspension, which was like for a diuretic, which is a diuretic sort of masks steroid usage or can mask steroid usage. And so the NBA suspended Ayton for using something that might be a mask for steroid usage. This one was just straight up, this is a, a human growth hormone pill or something of that nature. I'm not entirely sure how he ingested that, but the response from the team was very much a, we're going to support John when he returns to the team. We are, you know, he's obviously very, you know, not ashamed. I don't think they used that word, but I think he, they did not fight it is what, uh, this is sort of the point of what I'm saying. They did not say we're going to help John with his appeal. They were like, yeah, this happened and He'll, we're we're going to be happy to have him back whenever he's back. But for now, we're just you know going to support him and try to get through this period without him. So I thought it was it was notable only that the team was not particularly defiant of the league's uh, ruling. They were very much like, yeah, this, yeah, he got caught. We'll we'll see him in in a couple months. And that was kind of the end of it. It was, it was a little bit weird. Uh, We haven't heard from John at all since, you know, the players who are suspended like that usually don't talk to the media or don't make any, you know, real um, statements or anything like that. So we haven't heard from him. We won't, we probably will not hear from him for the next like six weeks or so, but he'll be back in late December. I think December 23rd will be his first game back after that full suspension. And, you know, at, at this point, it's just about next man up, Jabari Parker, Vince Carter are now the, uh, the power forward rotation in Atlanta.
0: So who are some players that the Blazers fans might want to keep an eye on, you know, who think, think are interesting to watch or who you think are interesting to watch? Not, I mean, I really, really like watching, Young, not named <laughs> Trey
1: Young, of course, cause that's obvious. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kevin Herter is the, sh- might be the starting shooting guard. So he has not started most of this season because he was injured in the in preseason. Cam Reddish has been starting. But then the second half against the Kings, uh, Herder was the starting shooting guard. He may be the starter against Portland. Certainly if I were in charge, he'd be the starter, but he would have been already. So I don't know exactly how uh, head coach Lloyd Pierce is going to Assess that situation and and decide whether he wants to go with Herder or Reddish. But Herder had a really great game on Friday against the Kings. Was you know he's a strong playmaker, strong shooter, very much the C.J. McCollum to to Trey Youngs, Damian Lillard in that sense in terms of the two of them being the offensive engines for the team. And he's not necessarily the sort of ISO bucket getter that that C.J. McCollum is, but he's he can run a secondary pick and roll. He's a really good passer, great shooter. You know, six seven at the two guard, like so. He's a big guy. You know, he, I think he's he's really interesting to watch. The, I mean, really the second best player on the team all season has been Jabari Parker, which is you know kind of astounding to think about based on what we know of Jabari Parker's career so far. But he's just been great offensively. He's just, I think he's fourth in the league in total dunks, and he's not even up until the last couple of games he wasn't even starting because John Collins was starting ahead of him. He just. He works really well with Trey Young, works, you know, is a great roll man, gets right under the rim and is just always open for for those little dump-off dunks. He's shooting threes a little bit more, which is nice to see, but really it's it's all about him being able to roll to the rim and, and get up for, for you know, cut ducks, dunks off of little dump-offs, little cuts around the rim. He's done really well in that department. Um, I mean, defensively, there's not a whole lot to say about the Hawks. I mean, certainly where, you know, how Trey Young defends anybody on the tra- on the trailblazers is going to be really interesting because the, the team that they usually will put out there, Portland, with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Rodney Hood as sort of the starting perimeter players, I have no idea who Trey Young's going to guard. He's not going to be able to guard any of those guys. So that's going to be the biggest thing that I'm looking for from the Hawks' perspective going into this game on Sunday. They just don't have a place to put him. Usually there's at least... One offensive player among the the point guard, shooting guard, and small forward, who Trey can sort of hide on. But there's, I mean, if you put him on Dame, Dame's going to kill him. You put him on CJ, CJ's going to kill him. You put him on Rodney Hood, Rodney Hood's going to just shoot right over him, just like he did to Jabal Murray in that in that playoff series last year. Like it's it's going to be an issue for for them in terms of how they're going to uh, handle those matchups.
0: You you know bring up a lot about the guards. Both teams right now are relying a lot on their guards to do a lot of the work. You know, Portland has a very thin uh, front court rotation. You mentioned that you, uh, in Atlanta, things are uh, things are thin too. How do you see the uh, front courts matching up in this particular uh, uh, game?
1: I mean, it's just going to be kind of ugly. I mean, it's it's not it's not great. I mean, I would expect that maybe this would be a, an interesting opportunity for both sides to to try to go a little bit smaller and play some some interesting smaller lineups. I know the Hawks have toyed with even in the, the wake of Collins' suspension, they've toyed with going with like Jabari Parker or Vince Carter at the five. It's very; those are very short very, you know, very short stints, very small samples at this point, but they're at least kind of interesting. And so if they wanted to do some sort of like Vince Carter, Jabari Parker front court against like Mario Hazonia and and Kent Baysmore, like that would be kind of fun. I mean, I'd be interested in watching that. I don't know that either side is going to commit to that. And then if they do, is the other side going to try to go big or not? Like it's, it's, you know, there's a little bit of cat and mouse there between the two coaches, but I think that would be an interesting, uh, an interesting set of lineups to, to see on Sunday.
0: The Blazers have definitely thrown at least three guards out several times, and we're just all waiting for them to throw a fourth out there and possibly even a fifth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> there.
1: But um, I mean, it's certainly for the Trailblazers just based on you know the injuries that they've had in the, in the thin front court rotation, the Hawks have three centers who are playing like consistent minutes. They're just not any good. So it's like they don't play a ton of small ball just because they have three centers that they want to work into the rotation with Alex Len, Damian Jones who they just traded for and Bruno Fernando who they just drafted, they want to get those guys in and so for the most part they do play with a center at you know almost at all times, but I mean none of those guys are are particularly good at basketball right now. So, you know, it's it's not something where they they should be, you know, totally married to to playing those guys, you know, significant minutes.
0: Is Trey Young like the heart and soul leader of this team, like you know, like Damian has been for the Blazers?
1: Uh, no, no, but like, there's nobody in the in the league like Damian. Lillard. Like, there's no. I mean, he, Lillard is just like the guy in in Portland. I don't think Trey is is at that level quite yet. I think Vince Carter has played a massive role in the leadership department over these last couple years, as he's been in Atlanta. Kent Bazemore was a huge a leader for them last year of course he's now in portland evan turner an old portland trailblazer is doing a little bit more of that leadership in uh, in atlanta but of course since turner's not playing right now with the injury it's a little bit more difficult for him to to step into that role i mean certainly on the court trey is the the engine the the sort of str- the the straw that stirs the drink in that sense but he's not i don't know that the team necessarily like falls in line behind him emotionally in the in the same way that they that the Portland Trailblazers do with uh with Damian Lillard.
0: It's so it's interesting because it's been so long that Damian Lillard has been the heart and soul of the Blazers that I forget that everybody doesn't have that same situation. And <laughs> yeah. I've started to make a habit of always asking people from other fan bases who's the leader, just partly just because you know to remind myself how lucky and how fortunate we are with Damian and the Lord because I never ever ever for a second want to take him for granted but it it just it does kind of surprise me sometimes that uh, a lot of locker rooms are led by committee you know kind of yeah. How are different roles. Well, before we go, I wanted to make sure to check in on a couple of trail, former Trailblazers who you brought up. Uh E.T. has played a few games, I understand, and then Alan Crabb was uh joined the team this summer but hasn't played, I understand, because of knee issues. So uh any like reactions from the fan base to the arrival or opinions on these players? Like what was the what was the reception like?
1: I think the reception for Crab at the at the time that they made the trade in June, or the time that they agreed to that trade in June, was relatively positive. He was going to come in, be able to shoot the ball, be you know, be able to sort of give some spacing to that second unit. Once they decided to go with you know like Evan Turner and Jabari Parker and, and a center on that second unit, it was sort of clear that they were going to need some sort of shooting uh, off the bench, and so Crab was supposed to play that role. He has not played that role yet. He hasn't played at all. And so that's you know been a little bit uh, not frustrating for the fans, I don't think, because they've got so many guys who are playing right now that they're trying to give minutes to. So, you know, I'm not totally sure how a healthy crab would have fit into to this rotation at this point. He's he he practiced. I know on, as we record this on ye- uh, yesterday with the uh, G League team in College Park. So he's ramping his activity back up. He was not active against the Kings. But he is at least, you know, he, he went through a full practice with the College Park Skyhawks, is trying to get back on the floor. I think he's the closest of the injured guys to getting back on the floor in terms of him, Chandler Parsons, and Evan Turner. Turner played 34 minutes over three games, is really just the backup point guard behind Trey Young. Trey's going to play, you know, 32. He played 39 minutes against the Kings. He's going to play a significant amount. Turner's been in and out of the lineup with this Achilles injury that he's had. And so he's not, he hasn't been as effective as I sort of thought he was, but I've been, I'm sort of more of an Evan Turner guy than a lot of people are. I think a lot of people just sort of not just totally write him off, but don't think of him as somebody who can be valuable on both ends of the floor. I I like Turner a little bit more than that. I'm somebody who likes his passing abilities. Certainly his ability to play with Trey Young would be interesting. Like, the fact, you know, what we were just talking about, where Trey gets trapped on the perimeter and Turner can be that outlet at the free throw line to catch and make a good decision, it was something that I wanted Terry Stotts to run a little bit more in uh, in in Portland over these last couple of years. I wrote about it, I think, in the twenty eighteen playoffs. You can go back and find that on Blazers Edge about why Evan Turner is not more involved in the playmaking duties for uh, for the Portland Trail Blazers. I thought that that he would be a a good that would be a good role for him. I think it could be a good role for him in Atlanta if he's, you know, assuming that he can be on the floor at all. He hasn't really been able to to play that much with this Achilles pain, and so, you know, hopefully they'll uh, they'll get him back relatively soon. I think Crab is sort of closer to coming back, but he hasn't uh, hasn't featured for a minute even in preseason for the Hawks at this point, so it's hard to say exactly where his spot in the rotation would lie if he uh, if he were fully healthy.
0: Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on tonight and letting us know how things are going in Atlanta. Is there anything else you want to add about the team or any observations about the Blazers before we sign off?
1: Uh,
0: Not, uh, I don't
1: have anything really extra. Just you know, the Hawks are a young team. They're fun to watch at times. They are not fun to watch at other times. I would think that you know the Trailblazers should be heavy, heavy, heavy favorites as uh, as the Hawks start their their West Coast road trip and. You know, you would think that the the matchup really does favor Portland pretty heavily. But, you know, you never know what, you know, if Trey Young is going to have one of those nights where he's, you know, eight for 13 from three and just, you know, lights the lights the court on fire. Those happen from time to time. Uh, And so, you know, that's sort of what the Hawks like to do is you know, they, they're going to put the ball in Trey's hands a a ton and they're going to try to run, you know, a ton of pick and roll and let him, let him operate out of those, out of those spots. And so, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how Portland defends that, how aggressive they are. We know that Portland likes to lay back in the paint. They've been doing that for years. It's been very effective this year, not totally as much because Yusuf Nurkic is out, but they've, you know, they've had, they, they have a very distinctive style and that distinctive style can feed right into what trey young wants to do if they switch that up how they switch that up or whether trey is able to get going against that kind of defense is is one of the uh, one of the many big things to watch in this game on uh, on sunday
0: you you know have written about the blazers done guest columns for blazers edge for years and uh while you haven't i don't think written about them this year i are you still keeping an eye on them have you been watching a few games
1: Oh, yeah. I uh, I try to keep up with all 30 teams for, for my other website, Early Bird Rights, just to to have a, a sense of the league in terms of both the salary cap management and just sort of everything that goes into how these guys play on the floor. And, you know, I definitely have a uh, soft spot in my heart for, for Damian Lillard and the Blazers. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. Just he's he's awesome he's so, so much fun and so you know I do keep up with their games as much as I can I am on the west coast so it helps that uh, that they're on at a reasonable hour that everything is on at a reasonable hour out here so that's really nice uh, but I do get to see them uh, fairly often I think I've seen four of their games this year
0: right on well you should come up to Portland for a weekend and, and take in a game at the Moda Center you're invited anytime.
1: Yeah, I need to uh, get up there. I've actually never been to, to Portland, never been north of, of San Francisco here in California. So I've never uh, never gotten all the way up there to Portland, Seattle, Vancouver. All of those places would be uh, a lot of fun to see up in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you should totally do it for the 50th anniversary because there's some really fun stuff going on around. I need
1: to get up there when they're, ha- when they're wearing the, the vertical Bill Walton uh, jerseys because he's – He's a San Diego native. I live here. I've lived here most of my life. I love those jerseys. I would, I would, be very happy to have a, a Damian Lillard, Bill Walton style jersey. I think that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's something that I uh, hopefully will be able to do someday.
0: They look they look real nice. I believe they said they were going to wear them every decade night. They're having a, a a night to celebrate every decade of the Trailblazers. They already had seventies night. So you got eighties night, nineties night. Two thousands and then the two thousand tens night that, that you can come up and get to see those live and in person. But until then, uh you want to tell folks how they can find your work and tell us maybe just a little bit also about early bird rights?
1: Uh you can follow me on Twitter at JG Siegel at Early Bird Rights on Twitter. Early Bird Rights is your home for a bunch of different salary cap stuff if you're interested in, in the cap and in sort of the the different ways that we, uh, how teams build their team, build their rosters. I think that's uh, it's a really good resource for a lot of people. They, I have full cap sheets for all 30 teams. As the Blazers move into the summer and they finally have cap space for the first time in a little while, they're going to be a little bit active. I think I've got them projected about 17, 18 million dollars in cap space next year. So they've got an interesting summer, you know, ahead of them. And so I'll have different, uh, different salary cap based articles. We've got another thing coming that I can't talk about yet. Cause it's not done, but that's coming in the next, it you was know, supposed to be this week. It's not going to be, but hopefully it'll be next week by the time we, we get that up. And so we've got something new coming to, to early bird rights in the, in the very near future, which is going to be really cool. And hopefully will um, be used by a lot of people who are, are interested in sort of deep diving into various salary cap and on court stuff. And so you can find all of my work there. You can find my Hawk stuff over at Peachtree Hoops, which is, uh, the, the SB nation site for the Atlanta Hawks. So if you're interested in, you know, how the Hawks are, are getting on the rest of the season, you can find all of my work over there.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Put it, I want to put in a plug for early bird rights. Cause I use it all the time. I find it super easy and not overwhelming. Sometimes those, uh, Sites that you know have all of the salary information and can just be like way, way too much information. You've got it laid out in a really nice, easy uh, to navigate format. So, I would suggest people who are looking for that information totally go over to Early Bird Rights. Let's see to, to, to wind it up today. You can find me at TCB Biggs on Twitter, you can follow Blazers Edge at Blazers Edge on Twitter, you can also follow the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks. If you subscribe to the Blazer's Edge podcast in the podcast feed, you'll get the weekly podcast, you'll get the Women's Hoops and Talks podcast, and any other extra podcasts that we drop, like this one, which is just going to be a little bit of extra one in your feed. Just a programming note to remind folks, because we have a game on Sunday, Dan and I will be putting out the weekly podcast one day later than usual, so that will be out on Tuesday morning, and after that, we'll be back on our regular schedule Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure talking to you and uh, hope you all have a great night and we'll talk to you soon.